You're listening to Media Monks Women in Tech, a podcast about the ambitious and accomplished women we work with every day. In each episode, we take a look into how these women got here, where they started, who they became, and what they've learned. I'm Beryl Chung, and we're happy to have Leva Grinberger with us. Leva has been a designer at Media Monks for several years, and now leads her team with a high-energy blend of social grace and boundless creativity. Growing up in Latvia, she was a bit of a wild child, discovering her artistic side. Today, she's a woman who finds her strength in empathy and compassion, and believes in the power of being the bigger person. But she's never lost her playful side. Leva, great to hear from you. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself? My name is Leva Greenberger. I am lead designer in Media Monks, uh, located in headquarters in Amsterdam. Where are you from, Leva? I'm from Latvia, um, originally from Riga. Oh, wow. That must be really different. It is, actually. Well, it's not crazy different. It is um, it is still very Western European, but it definitely has, because it's a very small country and Riga is a very small city, it has a very small city vibe overall. Like, you know everyone. <laughs> you cannot hide from anyone. Um, yeah. Huh. So what was it like for you growing up there? What kind of kid was Leva? Oh, <laughs> I was a horrible kid. Oh, my poor parents. Um, I was all over the place. I was super naughty. I was getting in trouble all the time. So nothing has changed. No. <laughs> a lot of, it's it's really funny because a lot of my childhood movements that I have and reactions, I still have them. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Like if I get too excited, my hands go up in the air and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> so nothing really has changed. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, what did you kind of think that you were going to be when you grew up? I never really thought about the profession when I was a kid, to be fair. I, I always knew one thing, um, that I have to go study university, because that was one thing that um, I think my parents were always reminding me of, because they didn't have necessarily a chance to go to uni, because it was back in the days, it was still a Soviet country. So as soon as the Soviet whole block broke down, like the one thing that my parents always regretted is was not actually going to study and developing like a profession. So from a very early age, I was constantly reminded that whatever I do, I need to go to uni. <laughs> so yeah, but I didn't really had necessarily an idea. I knew I wanted to do something with art because I always liked to like, I've, I think I've done pretty much I've covered everything. I, I did the paintings on a silk when I was a kid. I was, I was doing a fashion design course, florist courses and stuff like that. I even played violin for eight years. Wow. So it was always something that involved a little bit of a creativity. Now your career is in graphic design. Um, which is hands on in a very different way. But how did you make that transition? Well, while I was still um, in uh, high school, uh, every time that we would finish the year, we would have to present, um, we would have to do a massive presentation where we'd, we think about the product we would create from glass or similar to glass material. We would have to create a visualization of it and then um, print it on uh, one meter to three meter kind of um massive sheets where we would put them up and then we would talk about the process, how to get it done, what would be the structure of it and eventually how would this object look in a real life. So that was my first interaction that I had with any programs. I think it was Coral Draw back then what I was using. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so that was the first time I've actually learned that there's actually you can do great things 
but you don't have to do them with your hands. And um, that kind of sparked an interest. So I started to look into what, profes- what professions would have that. What In what profession would you actually only use computers? So advertising came as one of them. Um, so the problem in there was that in Latvia back in the day, it's changed now definitely, but back when um, I was looking for a school, they didn't have any um, graphic designer courses. And... Uh, my girlfriends were planning to move to London for that because one of them, one of their moms lived in Ireland, so it was easy for her to go and the other one wanted adventure. So it kind of became like an option, a very interesting, a very appealing option as well, because for like already a year, European Union, like the gate was open, Latvia joined European Union, so we could travel, we can go study and it became a lot easier. So that it sounded like an interesting challenge to do, to actually try out for the first time at the age of 18 to move to London. <laughs> no, I think it definitely takes, you know, a leap of faith. So by the time you entered university in London, how prepared did you feel you were both for the class and for the culture? I was definitely well prepared for class, but uh, what I wasn't really prepared was language. Because uh, first couple of presentations, I realized that uh, my biggest struggle is actually English because I couldn't explain my thought process. I couldn't explain what I was going for, what I was trying to achieve with the things that I was doing. So very quickly, my number one thing became actually learning proper English. <laughs> well, I still make a lot of mistakes, but I sound way better than I used to. <laughs> Maybe you can give us a brief breakdown of what you do every day. Yes, waking up and hugging my dog, obviously. Um, but at the office, uh, I first thing that we usually do, um, I check in with my design team to find out how, they, how they're going, how their process is going, is anyone stuck anywhere, is there any issues with a client or feedback or anything that needs to uh, have a specific... Um, attention it's really nice I, I i really enjoy that part i think most of all because i get to actually support them in in this whole design process way and i get to help them when they're stuck and then they get to help me when i'm stuck i think it's a very nice very fantastic collaboration and i, I really love seeing uh, our designers grow into more bigger fantastic talent very proud of all of them <laughs> because you've been at media monks for a while it's been four years now. Four years. Uh, I'm sure your responsibilities when you first started were very different than they are now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely very different. I think I was on the other side. Um, I was one of the people that needed actually help and input from uh, other people that were working with me. So I, I exactly know... Um, which is really good because I get to know what people are expecting and, and what is the best way to approach them because I was one of them who really wanted to grow and needed it overseeing. So maybe you being so open and personable is something that really helped you to grow and develop both as a team member and now a team leader. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I am trying to be as, as, as open as possible about all the thoughts and everything else. And at the same time, I'm trying to keep as positive vibe as I possibly can within the team, because I think um, I think the right energy, when you give the right energy and right attitude to people, that encourages them and makes them grow and, and makes them do greater things. And, and you need to you need to let them know that you're always there for them. And that's something that I'm 
trying to encounter every day at, at my work. Has your relationship to the team changed over the years? Uh, since the role changed, the relationship changed as well. For me as someone who needed this help and input, I have turned into someone who obviously still needs help and input time after time, but I'm I have more confidence to give that to support to other people now because I've learned so many different so many things by being in media monks. I worked with so many different clients and projects that now I feel like I have a lot more knowledge that I can share with everyone else and I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. So, what is it that gets you out of the bed in the morning between presenting to clients setting up a style, working with your juniors. I think my dog, she needs to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, design team, you're great too. But, <laughs> but it's all about hugging Mabel, sorry. <laughs> Everything's about hugging Mabel. She's the cutest thing in the world. Um, I, no, I actually think that gets me to get up in the morning and come uh, to specifically here as the people I'm surrounded with, because I am surrounded by the most talented and fantastic and 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 good people. Um, they're not just great talents, but they're amazing personalities. And 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 being here in the same group with them, it's not. Uh, don't get me wrong; it's also my design team. But I don't think it just stops with design team. I think it's the whole team overall. Like my favorite things is just going to grab a tea and have a quick chat with someone, find out how their day went or the projects they're working on. The whole, I think this whole building just, just, just is so full of so many fantastic humans that that's actually the main thing that gets me out on a bed. Wow. How would you describe that camaraderie and that culture at Media Monks? Culture at Media Monks? Um, I, I don't think I know right now what that is. Did you feel like you knew what it was before? It, it, yeah, before it was, um, it was very different. It was very kind of, I think I, uh, I already mentioned before this, um, I think Media Monks was like a little sports team that, uh, that were separate soldiers that came together in this one team. And, Four and, years ago. Yeah, and then the whole mentality was around uh, winning awards and then getting better job done and doing whatever it takes to get the best out of it and then and, and pushing as much as you can design-wise to set the um, the new boundaries and then afterwards it was celebrated uh, but I think I do think it has changed a lot because when you have such a big growth and you have so many different people from all around the world you cannot keep kind of the same core thinking anymore so it it does spreads a little bit and I do think the fact that we have so many offices I think each office has a little bit of a different culture so it's very hard for me to um, imagine what the culture is right now to Mm -hmm. be fair does that make sense yeah absolutely I mean I think in any company's growth there has to be some kind of trade-off you know and bring a lot more people in of course it dilutes the camaraderie just because you know it's not as intimate it's just a bigger group of people with, um, you know, a wider range of thoughts and feelings and maybe a little bit less self-selecting than it probably was previously where, you know, everyone was of the same really ambitious mindset. Um, but still in that trade-off, I mean, uh, you know, you hope that it also leads to a better balance between work and life and overtime and everything else that goes along with it. Oh, back in the days, it was so crazy because 
I think there's a lot le- less pressure now because there's so many people that you can count on and split the duties between. You don't have to be that one person who has to make this as the best thing in the world, like a next best thing on a web. Now you have, you actually can balance out your, your life. Like I have a life outside of office that I absolutely love and it's great. Uh, it's great to have the opportunity to balance it out and and take it a little bit away and and have a possibility to think about what you're actually doing and then not constantly be uh, thinking about work 24-7. So it's definitely changed a lot and I really appreciate that part. So in coming into Media Monks originally as a fresh-faced young person, (laughs) um, you're still young. Coming into Media Monks. (laughs) So for you, coming into Media Monks Fresh, um, it sounds like you might have been uniquely prepared from uh, even your high school days where you were very project-oriented, you're willing to work the extra hours just to get it done. Yeah, definitely. And I've always always had this ambition that I wanted to grow and become the best possible professional version of myself and I've always had really a lot of ambition and uh, when I just came to Media Monks I was willing to put any hours it's necessary just to create the best outcome possible but I also uh, during all of this experience I've also learned that um, you don't always can physically do that Um, one of the reasons I actually left London was a burnout because I took way too much on because you get you when you're young you get so excited and everything that you do becomes the most important thing in the world and everyone everything you want to for everything you want to give all of the attention in the world that you have and you stop that you stop understanding how much your body can actually handle and then at some point you just break and when you break when you're young and you never had that experience before you have no idea what's going on so I had my lesson I've learned uh, exactly how much I can handle and I think when I came into Media Monks I was already well prepared and uh, I already knew how much and when I need to kind of stop a little bit so I always follow that as soon as I feel like uh, some things are getting a little bit out of control I stop myself and then I spend some time uh, thinking about how to bring the balance back just to make sure that I never need to go back to this burnout phase again. I think I did a good job in the last four (laughs) years. (laughs) So uh, coming out of university in London, developing this really open, friendly personality, how did that serve you entering into the industry? It actually really helped me Um, (laughs) because I knew how to communicate with people. It actually helped me when I understood how to use it properly because right after uni, I was uh, so nervous about the job interviews and things like that because before I was working in these small agencies and I wanted something a little bit bigger because you're very ambitious. So I read all these articles about how you need to behave in interview. And then I remember I had interview, I, I think it was Samsung or something like that for like an in-house designer. And I'm reading this that you need to look in the eyes and I'm reading about the body language and everything else. So I enter this interview and I'm staring at this per person nonstop in the eye. <laughs> well, that was lesson number one. I didn't get the job, obviously. Um, so then I slowly <laughs> picked up that actually I shouldn't be reading that much on internet and I should more rely on how I am as a person and be extremely honest. And 
all of the jobs that I've had afterwards all came from actually me showing how I am and and then not um not hiding my little bit chaotic personality with all the emotions and hands up in the air when I'm excited. I actually had uh, my interview with Media Monks. It was hilarious. They set up an interview. And um, back in the day, I had an interview with the design director that was there. And uh, he's asking me all these questions and he's giving me compliments about my work. And I get so excited. I'm like, oh my God, you love it. I'm sounding like applauding and hands up in the air and then I'm <laughs> I remember thinking in my brain like oh my god these guys will never gonna want to see you again and then they're like oh would you like to have another interview with our creative director I'm like oh my god they didn't have enough I'm like okay okay well this time I'll be cool I'll definitely gonna be cool so we get the video chat and I'm like I'm super cool for like five minutes I'm, I'm, I'm replying nicely I'm polite I'm keeping my all my emotions to myself and then I remember he gave me a compliment about one of the works I did and then it started going like oh my god you like what I did <laughs> and, and then the cat was out of the bag and then I couldn't get it back and then the whole interview we were just giggling and I was telling stories and I, I was telling the goods and bads how I failed but then how I fixed it and then just like as soon as I start this whole talking bubble like you cannot stop it so everything came out and when I put down the phone I'm like well well now they're definitely not going to call me back again like, this is not <laughs> happening and a couple of hours later they send me an offer I'm like whoa <laughs> When are they having enough? Yeah, turns out that enthusiasm is infectious. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in in advertising as well as tech, you encounter a lot of really strong personalities. Well, yeah, my um, I think advertising and this industry is quite rough in general because I, I think it's changed now. But years ago, I think there was a, such a strong hierarchy between who is the boss and who is the doer and who is who is what that I think people people kind of uh, were taken away by this cool profession of being in advertising and they started to use it a lot on people because television shows us that or, or, or whatnot and so I think it was very um, I've experienced and never really had personal personally never really took any of that serious and I've never really had a problem with having someone who's um, losing his any kind of normal communication skills and and start to act very childish and and then because uh, I, I don't I don't think I take any of that serious or to my heart or don't really take people seriously when they do that because if they're not capable of talking to me in a proper way then why should I actually listen to them but I've seen I've seen a lot of situations where I've I've, I've seen people cry and run off and then with their and their uh, job situation and it's always sad that um, not anymore obviously but back in the days it was really sad to see that um, it is something that's considered normal because it doesn't matter what agency you would work into, there would always be someone who would think that it's okay to treat your employees uh, with a specific attitude. I'm very glad that the uh, world has changed and, and, and it's not considered as a norm anymore. Mm -hmm. How did you cope with that? I mean, uh, especially if, you're, if you are in such a political um, environment, uh, you know, where do you find that courage to speak up? Do you speak up? 
Um, is it easy for you to let it roll off your back and kind of put it out of your mind? Oh, I love speaking up. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had this, um, um, I don't know what it is. Um, a, I always need to protect everyone that's being attacked. <laughs> and um, I don't really let um, people to raise their voice when it comes to me, because in the end of the day, um, in my opinion, uh, the only people who are allowed to shout at me are my parents, and they never do. So why would anyone else in the world would be allowed to raise their voice on me? Well, if they ain't paying your bills, then don't pay them no mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sure it also really helps that you have such a great sense of humor. Do I? <laughs> you might be the only person who says that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it helps a lot if you can, if you can laugh at yourself. Uh, if you don't have to take things so seriously. That I can do. Jokes, I cannot. Oh my God, I'm so unfunny. <laughs> I really try, but I, I shouldn't even be trying. I should learn by now that I do not know how to tell jokes. But I do take everything light because if you're going to start to take things seriously, they're going to stick with you and you're going to keep on walking around with them. And then it just, life becomes stressful. I I think I think it's important to realize what things you can change and what things you cannot change and only uh, pay attention to the things that you can affect or change and everything else what is outside of your hands you should completely leave it there and and then and, and not put your peace of mind in there and light attitude is part of um, I think a very important tool of um, trying to explain your thought process or thinking or helping to give feedback for your for my design colleagues because if if I suddenly gonna lose that and you're gonna go to someone with a straight face and go like oh I think that if you try this and this it would be better like no one's gonna <laughs> I think you need to have the lightness if you work with people in advertising as well as tech there are any number of big personalities there's a lot of pride there's a lot of attitude that comes along with it um, for you, especially, you know, as a very open, very friendly junior designer, um, did you ever encounter any friction with that? Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I think there's so many egos and so many egos that don't know how to translate their communication because they've never been trained how to work with other people. Well, back in the day when I was still a junior, um, I think people would just allow themselves to scream and shout and, and, and make you feel like uh, you're not good enough to do the job. And that was uh, that was quite that was happening quite often because that was exactly what happened to them before, because I think the industry had a very unhealthy way the way it developed. So there was always someone who was screaming at someone else and that someone else went and screamed at someone else. It was this massive chain. Um, but I, I, I do I do not appreciate when people raise their voice on me. Never have. And I didn't really care about in what position I've ever was. Um, if I've ever had a situation when someone was talking to me inappropriately or raising the voice, I would always stop them and ask them to change their tone so we both can hear each other. Because <laughs> otherwise, I don't think the words... I don't think the person who is acting like that understands the words he's saying, and definitely I don't take those words in. Um, so in all of these uh, situations, um, actually, I think most of the time it was very successful because the person who was not 
uh, feeling their best and was already emotional but giving the feedback would go back to uh, their desk or office have a thought about how to deliver uh, structure feedback and would come back to me and then we would have a decent conversation I never had a problem um, with hierarchy like I, I don't I don't care what position on or, or what the person is like if he's not respectful to me I will not going to be listening to him acting like that and I've always had that belief and I don't know it's it's just um, something that I guess I was raised with like my parents always um, reminded me that I need to respect myself and what I do and um, make the best choices in my life <laughs> I mean I think it takes a lot of conviction um, particularly uh, in a really competitive field where you know you feel like you could be replaced at any time you know you're you're maybe a disposable asset if you have this boss who is really you know well regarded within the com- the company and they're award winning and they're yelling in your face um, you know how do you speak back to that person well I think it's always the most important to say truth to yourself and what do you respect in your life. I don't mind people not liking the design that I create. Um, I don't mind them commenting about it, but then I do mind the moment if you raise your voice or talk appropriately because that's when you're insulting me as a person, not me as a designer. And I think it's very important to constantly know um, who you are as a person and who you are as a designer. And it's, it's important to uh, respect both of these things and understand that uh, your professional work can be received well or bad, but you as a person always should be received good if you come with the good intentions and you give a good attitude. So I, I don't, it it doesn't matter. Like if 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 you don't want to be replaced and and you're gonna stay in a place where you're not being treated well, like why why would you do that to yourself? That's something very heavy that doesn't let you to relax because you're you haven't been treated properly you go home you think about why that happened you feel bad like why do you want to carry that around i think it's always if i would ever have to choose to be in a workplace where i would be doing the best work and the best awards and and then that would be the best workplace but um, i wouldn't be treated well i would always choose to work in a smaller company where i would be treated well as a person that's very important for me it's clearly been really valuable for you to know who you are as a person, what's important to you, and how to respect that in other people. Um, it's certainly something that um, I'm sure has aided you in your uh, progression from a team member to a team lead. I'm wondering how you resolve these situations if you feel like someone is being disrespectful to you now. Well, there's always bullies. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's there's bullies in every single part of your life. Um, of course, I've had situations when I feel like I've been bullied. Uh, and then I usually raise these situations. What I always do, I always take person one-on-one. I sit down and have a quick chat about what is happening and why this is happening. A lot of times that doesn't work. So I, I don't never necessarily straight away raise a problem. I, I try to solve it. I do another attempt. Uh, after a couple of times, if attempt doesn't work, I've had experience that I actually have to go to leadership and I have to talk about the specific situation that I feel like that involves bullying. And then at that moment, then it's just not me who's involved. There's more people involved that I actually go and uh, and specifically address to the situation. Um, a lot of times it's really hard to do that because it's not easy to go and tell your leadership that someone is actually 
you think that this uh, person is actually not um, respecting your work, you. And then uh, I think the, the hardest thing it is, is the doubt. Do you want to escalate this? Um, or well, how will that affect, if you're going to escalate this, how will that affect this person? And I always have this kind of like a thing in my head that I think, should I do this or not? Is it going to hurt him professionally? Am I doing something? Am I, is it just in my head or is it actually happening? And those are all very good questions. I think we all need to actually think about these questions because if we're going to react emotionally on every single thing, uh, we're not going to resolve it. But then if you can answer every time that you ask this question to yourself, like, am I doing the right thing? And the answer is yes, then it is the right thing that you're doing it. Is there an instance where you've had that happen? I've had that happen. And actually, I will be very honest. Uh, I felt very uncomfortable afterwards because um, in this specific situation, this person came to me afterwards and made me feel very uncomfortable because he mentioned that I was putting his job in jeopardy by mentioning leadership, uh, an incident. And at that moment, I was sitting at the desk and I'm like, maybe, maybe I am. Maybe I am doing a bad thing. Maybe I should have kept it to myself. Maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think um, a couple of days later, uh, one of my colleagues came to me and he said, look, I just wanted to let you know that you did a great job that you actually reported uh, a specific incident because we need to be more brave and we need to notice where uh, people are actually mistreating us. And if they're doing to us, they're probably doing to another people as well. I just want to let you know that you did a good thing. And that kind of cleared my conscience completely. In that moment, I felt good. But there's always this thing that you know that if you're going to give a bad feedback to a person, there will be consequences. And are you okay to live with these consequences? And it's important to know that it's not your fault that this person was mistreating you. It was his choice. And it's good when other people stand up and, and let you know that you did the right thing. Because if they don't, then, then you never know. I think the support from my team really helped me. Um, do you want to talk about um, addressing it with your team? Like having a talk with your team about um, tone of voice, maybe? It's a very it's very easy for me to talk with my team because we're very open. Um, I feel like our design team is a fantastic group of people that uh, every time you feel like there's an issue, you can sit down and you can give an examples and everyone's very eager to uh, hear what's happening. And, and a lot of times, not everyone knows that, for example, some situations make some people more uncomfortable uh, than others because we're so multicultural a company, we're so multicultural people, everyone comes from a different place. And it's important to talk these things through. We have, um, every week we have a talk, how we all feel and how is everything affecting us and how has our week been? And it's very important because that is the space where everyone can let know if something is off professionally or emotionally. I really responded to when you mentioned that, you know, after uh, you were approached um, by the person um, about, you know, how how your um, me how your reporting it uh, made him really uncomfortable, um, that you went over it in your head quite a bit, um, and I think that's a lot of that's something that a lot of people can relate to of sort of holding on to this anxiety and going it over and over again in your head. Um, it's certainly something that I uh, deal with um, where my only way to combat it is to be 100% genuine. Um, and that's exactly what you kind of described of like having conviction about what's important to you. I mean, 
um, for me, I feel like if you're not approaching it in 100% honesty, then then I would feel really nervous about um, the perceptions and the reactions of other people. Um, you seem like a very happy, um, well-rounded person. Um, is there any of that, you know, lingering um, sort of frustration or anxiety that you deal with? Yeah, um, there there is uh, a lot. There's there's so many little things that can trigger it easily. There's there there's pride, but then it's very important to talk about everything. And um, I think what you were just describing, I think if more people would be talking about how they feel when uh, someone is not necessarily talking that with them in the right way or insulting them or giving them an appropriate joke, if, if we all talk a little bit more about it and share our experience, more comfortable each one of us will going to feel and feel like it's actually normal. Because I don't think there's enough discussion going on like what you need to do when someone's actually triggering um uh, and anxiety in you and, and and actively bullying you um so communication is the most important thing how to actually deal with it but then there's obviously there's other things there's other small frustrations that can happen on a daily basis your projects inspire and this and that or something sad in between uh, something else but then always what i always do i always uh, take a little tea break and I always ask someone to sit down with me. I run the situation through um, just to vent a little bit because as soon as you get it out of your system, you 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 release your body a little bit and you release your mind a little bit and you feel like you're actually in a lot better place um, instantly and you look at it from a different perspective because if it's boiling in your head, you cannot have a clear overview of it. So I always try to do that. And actually a lot of times when I go back home, there's still something, there's still a stress or something in my head. Then I just sit down with my husband, I take a tea and I'm like, look, honey, I just want to run this through you because A, I want to have, um, I want to hear how all of this sounds and B, I want to see your opinion as well. And that always helps me. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your husband. Uh, how did you guys meet? We met at work. We met in Media Monk. <laughs> <laughs> he was possibly one of the loudest people in this building. <laughs> no, very cartoony. I, I, I love him for that. <laughs> so I was walking around the office. I was introduced with the office. And then uh, on the stairs, um, I was introduced with uh, my husband. And he was this funny looking guy who started making jokes instantly. And he had a very creepy skinny mustache, as skinny as his eyebrows. <laughs> and... Um, he looked like a French villain from from <laughs> cartoon, um, but yeah, I um, pretty pretty soon after I realized that um, that is probably going to be the love of my life. <laughs> oh wow! So not only did you find a funny French villain, you also <laughs> um, fell in love with someone who has a really deep understanding of um, both what you do and where you work. Yeah, it worked out perfectly because, um, well, first we were a little bit worried um, because we uh, would have to, we we started living together. So we lived together, we went to work together. We were a bit worried how that would clash with our relationship and we we would have no private space. Mm -hmm. But that worked out perfectly. I actually miss it. I miss going to work with my husband. (laughs) It was great. Um, But it definitely really, really, really helped both of us to 
kind of look at the situations and and then um, what I was describing going home and then talking through the things that happen and things that bother you it was a lot easier when he worked here because then we would uh, know exactly the situations that are happening and if people are happening with and it would be a lot easier to um, support and give an advice for each other right now the advice is more like my husband is a, a fantastic human being he's he is the best version of a human that I've ever saw because he <laughs> wants everyone he wants to be a kind and good person to everyone so he is my number one voice uh, when I run something through then he always the first thing he always tells me be a bigger person Leva always be a bigger person I already hear it in my head when I'm angry at someone I'm like fine I have to be a bigger person because that's what Maxwell's going to tell me in the evening <laughs> um, but yeah that definitely really helped yeah I mean I think carrying that frustration home is really a symptom of having um, a real love really caring about what you do about the people that you work with and it's great that you can go home and have this person that you really rely on um, I'm wondering if there's other ways that uh, you decompress outside of work I actually I'm, I'm very I'm very proud of myself uh, lately because I've um, I'm learning a lot better and better leaving work at work even if I have to read an email or reply on something or 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 check something up. I still, I still have learned to not necessarily carrying it around that strongly, and that really helps. So that helps me to actually build a very balanced work-life uh, relationship. Because I, the thing that actually one thing that really, really, really helps me, um, a very big part of my closest friends are not involved with this industry, so I don't really get to talk about work in my free time. And that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I'm learning more and more to leave work at home and keep home for myself. So the secret to self-care is tea. Don't talk about work and hug your dog, Mabel. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but I think the dog changed it a lot as well, I think, because coming home is actually becoming coming home because there's always someone well it's her and my husband is always waiting for me but um you have to give her quite a lot of attention so that means that you cannot be focused halfway there and and you just cannot wait to go home and and and, and spend time with your family um it sounds like you've grown a lot just from having uh your family in your life um i'm i'm curious to hear what's next for future Leva? Oh, I don't know. Um, at the moment, I'm very, very comfortable where I am. I'm actually very, uh, very happy with my life. Um, and the future, I, I don't know. I, it's very hard to think about what else can I expect from professional life. I've, I feel like I have um, achieved more than I set up for myself before I joined Media Monks, and I feel like now I'm more than I was hoping I will become. Um, so professionally, I, I haven't really set up goals. Um, when it comes to personal life, I'm just going to keep on doing whatever I'm doing right now because it works and makes me happy. Thanks so much, Leva. Um, just to close out, uh, do you have anything that you like for um, young junior designers who are either looking to enter the industry or your team, um, is there anything that you hope that they know? 
for everyone who wants to join uh design industry i think it's just very important not to be scared to uh, make the first step join whatever agency or whatever place you want to be part of and uh, do not be scared to grow with this place and do not be scared to ask questions and get better at what you do and do not forget to have fun in a way because the most important thing is to actually enjoy what you do on your daily basis loving your job and being happy that you get up in the morning and get to spend it with people you like doing the things that you're good at and what you like is the best thing in the world so Don't rob that luxury from yourself. Learn and be in a place where you're in control of how you spend your time and days. This is Media Monk's Women in Tech. Thanks to all the women and men involved in making this project possible. And thank you for listening. Get in touch at womenintech at mediamonks.com. I'm Beryl Chung. <laughs>